And today our title is Three Crucial Mistakes That I Want to Avoid as a Parent. Three Crucial Mistakes I Want to Avoid as a Parent. Uh, for time's sake, I'm going to skip any introductory thoughts and just jump right into the message because I want us uh, to get a lot out of this message today. Number one, point number one, follow along with me in your bulletin if you'd like. There's a place for you to fill in the blank and take some notes there. The first crucial mistake that I want to avoid as a parent, number one is this, forgetting that my children are a blessing. Forgetting that my children are a blessing. How many of you parents would agree with me there are moments and times that you can forget that that little booger bear is a blessing? Amen. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Grab your Bibles and turn to Psalms chapter 127. Psalms 127. I'm going to look at several portions of scriptures today, so you have to follow along with me. There are references in your bulletin of where we're headed next. But Psalms chapter 127, picking up in verse number 3 out the Living Bible, the Word of God reads, Children are a gift from God. They are a gift from who? I want you to remember that. They are a gift from God. God. They are His reward. Children born to a young man are like sharp arrows to defend him. Happy, or that word, and that word can be translated blessed, is the man who has his quiver full. And at the Cooper house, we're working on a full quiver. Amen. We are on our way. Why do we want the quiver full? Verse goes on to say, that man shall have the help he needs when arguing with his enemies. You don't want to fool with me when my kids get old. I got a bunch of them. Amen. They will. See, some of you need more kids. Amen. So you need to get some quiver full. Praise the Lord. These verses, though, they describe the value of children. The value of children. It says that children are a gift from God. It says that they are a reward from our Heavenly Father. Please understand that our children are a heritage, not a hindrance. They are an asset, not a liability. They are a blessing, not a burden. They truly are a gift from God. But understand something. Just because children are a gift from the Lord doesn't mean that you won't have your challenges. Because... Trust me, those kids that you love so dearly can get on your nerves sometimes. Those kids that, that you love and have all of these emotions for, there can be difficult times and seasons in, in raising them. And I do know what I'm talking about because I'm what you call a special child. Yeah, I was a special child growing up. I was a, a, one of those kids that I was pretty... I was a pretty ornery guy. Matter of fact, when Superman came out, how many of you like Superman besides me? I mean, the original was. I mean, I loved me some Superman and Clark Kent. And, and I, I watched Superman one day. And in our bedroom, my brother and I, we shared a bedroom and we had bunk beds. And I think I slept on the top bunk and he slept on the bottom bunk. But after a, a Superman show, I, I put on a, a towel around my neck. True story. I climbed on top of the top bunk, and in my young mind, I thought, if Superman can fly, little Herbie can fly. And let me tell you, I got on that top bunk, I, I play, positioned myself properly, I jumped off and I flew right into the dresser and knocked my two front teeth out. Oh, yeah, I was a, I was a little booger bear to race. 
I remember growing up, and I was one of those kids. I, I wet the bed until I was about 10 years old. Oh, you can laugh. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to fake it. Yeah. I know you want to laugh. I did. I had one lady tell me after the first service, I could have just heard her. She said, came up to me. She didn't take good message. She said, pee, baby. Oh, I could have got her. I could have got her. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a difficult tell. Yeah, they put plastic down. They take me to the family's house to put plastic down underneath the sheets. Oh, yeah, that's dangerous, man. I was a, da- yeah, I was, I was a special child to raise. I, I remember growing up, and my brother and sister and I, we were all outside playing, and we had a gravel driveway, and Mom and Dad told us not to throw rocks in the yard. But we didn't listen this day, and we were throwing rocks at each other, back and forth, back and forth. And we, one of us threw a rock, and we knocked out the window in the car. And boy, let me tell you, we knew this spelled spanking. And so we started strategizing. If I remember correctly, I took the lead. And I was kind of always the vocal one, and I took the lead, and we came up with a strategy. So here's what we're going to tell Daddy and Mama. We're going to tell them that somebody across the street was yelling at us and screaming at us, and they didn't like us, and they started throwing rocks at us. And that person across the street knocked out that window and took off running. Everybody in? We're in. Called Daddy and Mama outside, and we told them about this man, mean man, that came and was yelling at us and screamed, throwing rocks at us. And they threw a rock and knocked out the window. And Daddy and Mama kind of looked at us thought, okay. I said, and I'm telling you, they knocked out the window, and they took off running. And lo and behold, Mama and Daddy threw a curveball on us. They called the cops, and the cops came over to the house. I thought, oh, Lord, Popo's here. What in the world have we done? We're like, oh, can you describe the man for us? Yeah, I don't know, six foot, I don't know. Yeah, we got to make up the story. And, oh, oh, I, I was a special kid growing up. I was, I used to sneak out the house. Listen to me, parents with teenagers. I used to sneak out the house. I still don't know if my daddy and mama know. Maybe when they listen to this sermon online, they'll figure out what I used to do. Oh, I sneak, sneak out the window. I used to go through the front door sometimes. They went down to sleep. Here I go. And I had a little Datsun pickup truck, a little Datsun pickup truck. It was a standard. You know how I used to do it? I used to put that Datsun truck in neutral. I'd run down the street, and I'd pop the clutch. Oh, yeah. They couldn't hear me go. I was sneaky, man. I was an ornery, ornery kid. But can I tell you, Mom and Daddy, this boy is a gift from God. Oh, yeah. And your kids, in spite of all they do and how honored they can be, they are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from God. And if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you can begin to forget that they are a blessing from the Lord. And you know what happens? Here are two things that begin to, two ways you'll know when you forget that your children are a blessing from God. Two things begin to manifest. The first thing is this, negative words. You know when you are talking negative to your kids and degrading your kids and devaluing your kids that you forgot that your kids are a blessing from God. When you start saying things like, I wish I would have never had you. You're stupid. You're an idiot. When you start saying things like, you're just like your daddy, but you didn't mean it in a positive way. You know what I'm saying? You're just like your mama, but you don't have no good intentions behind what you just said. You start saying things like, you'll never make anything of your life. Look at you. A two-year-old, two-year-old can do better than that. And you start talking negative to your kids. You have forgotten that your kids are a blessing and a gift from God. Be careful the words that you say and speak over your kids. You know, a second way that it manifests is through negative actions. 
I'm going to tell some stories next week about how my parents disciplined us and a lot of it wasn't God's way. And some of you are doing the same thing. You're choking and pushing and, and hitting. and That's not in the Bible, folks. You got a trick Bible you're reading, Oprah or something, Super Nanny. I don't know what you look, look but that's not, that's not scriptural. That's not adding value to your kids. And next week, next week, we're going to look at discipline God's way. What does the Bible say about discipline, disciplining our kids? And you know what happens? Here's what happens. If you go negative on your kids, when they need your influence the most, you'll have it the least. You go negative on your kids when they're growing up and you're always devaluing them and degrading them and talking negative to them and, and, and bullying them and pushing them and hitting them and abusing them. Listen, when they need your influence the most, you'll have it the least. And the next thing you know, they're, they're in high school. They're getting ready to go off to college and leave your house. And they need your guidance and they need your influence and they need your direction. But they turn a deaf ear to you because you have went negative on them. And you have forgotten that those precious kids are a blessing from God. It's a mistake that I really want to try to avoid. There's a second mistake that I want to avoid as a parent. Mistake number two is this, letting my children run the house. Letting my children run the house. I almost titled this point, Kid CEO. I mean, we got a lot of CEOs of homes today, and they're not mama and daddy. They're kids running the house, eight years old, and they're large and in charge. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 6 says, Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. I want you to notice the first part of that verse. Train a child in the way he should go. And friends, can I tell you that many kids are training their parents instead of the parents training their kids. You see, as a parent, you have to give your kids. This is going to be difficult, but you have to give your kids what they need, not what they want. And in a lot of cases, your kids don't even know what they really need. And as a parent, you have to give them what they need and not what they want. And you know what? where many parents miss it, and we see this time and time again in our, in our culture and society, Many parents want to be their kid's buddy and best friend and not the parent. And you can be friends with your kids, and you ought to be friends. You ought to, you ought to have a great relationship with your kids. But there's a fine line because, listen, there are times that you have to set boundaries and guidelines. There are times, listen, you're not going to make a decision that's real popular with them, but yet you're called to train them. You're called to be the parent. You're called to equip them. And it's not always easy. They're not going to always understand. But you have to do what they need, not what they want. And can I tell you something about our Heavenly Father? He loves us so much that he set guidelines and boundaries for us. As his kids, he says, listen, don't do this. I want you to do that. I love you so much. I want what's best for your life. I want you to live a productive and successful life. So I've set some boundaries. I've set some parameters. I've set some guidelines up for your life so that you can have a successful life. The same thing as a parent. I love, uh, we love our kids so much that we set boundaries for them and parameters for them and guidelines for them so that they can live a successful life godly and productive life. You say, Pastor, what kind of guidelines and boundaries are, are you talking about? Here's, here, here's a few I'll bring up that may spark, spark some interest to you. Your, kid need, your kids need to have a bedtime. We got kids nowadays stand up to 
one o'clock in the morning. And then we wonder why 15% of kids fall asleep at school. I'll tell you, because they're tired. <laughs> they're up till one o'clock in the morning playing PlayStation 3, and they're not getting, they're not getting proper rest. And your kids need a, need a bedtime. Uh, you say, Pastor, what, what's a good time to go to, for, for our kids to go to bed? Well, here, here's a good rule of thumb to, to go by. Here, here's what we do in our family. We put our kids to bed when we're ready, not when they're ready. When we're, when we're ready. You're going to have to adjust to our schedule. Our kids go to bed at, at 8 a.m. I wish it was 8 a.m. Amen. But they, <laughs> at 8 p.m., they, they go to bed because we want to have daddy and mama time. The two are called to be one, and every evening we want to spend time alone as, as, a, as a couple and enjoy one another. So the kids go down at, at 8 p.m., and yes, a lot of times they'll say, Daddy, I'm not ready to go to bed. I'm not tired. And my son came out, put him to bed at 8, came out at 8.20 saying, Daddy, I'm not tired. I said, boy, go back in that bed, and I'll come give you a kiss. We're not adjusting to your schedule. You're adjusting to our schedule. We're the parent. You're the kid. Give your kids a bedtime. You say, well, Pastor, I've got teenagers. Well, you probably ought not put them to bed at 8 o'clock. That's probably not the wisest thing to do. Uh, but, but listen, your teenagers need a curfew. They, they need to do have, they, listen, there are times you, you need to connect with your spouse. So maybe at 9 o'clock at night you say, teenager, go to your room, hang out. This is daddy and mommy time. And then you put them, yeah, 10, 30, 11, what time their bedtime is. They, they need to have a time that they shut it down and go to sleep. They're in your house. You know what's best for them. They need to abide by your guidelines and your rules. Listen, monitor what your kids watch on TV and what they listen to. You're the parent. They don't need to listen to everything. They don't need to pump their mind full of junk and filth. And yeah, they think it's their CD player, but it's not their CD player. You bought it, amen. They bought it with your money, with your allowance. But it's, I mean, you know what I'm saying, but you monitor. You're the parent. They're the kid. I'll tell you one that gets all over me is, is I hear parents say, well, you know, Pastor, my, my kids, we don't bring them to church because because they don't want to go to church. Say what? Oh, when did they start making the decisions about if they want to go to church or not? I mean, we, now we've got a, a kid running the home. This one always cracks me up. And teenagers, I'm on your side, I promise. But I remember this as a kid. You know, this is my room. Daddy and Mama, you can't come in my room. This is my room. How many of you have heard teenagers say that before? This is my room. You stay out of my room. This is my room. You know, your room is a lot like... You own your house. I hear people say, I own my house. Nobody can take it. It's my house. I, I, nobody can ever take my house from me. Well, you think it's your house. It may be paid off, but quit paying your property taxes. You'll find out how much that land's not your land. You quit paying your taxes. You'll be out your house that's paid for. And that's a lot like your bedroom. Yeah, that's your bedroom. But that's daddy and mama's bedroom. We pay for this. And at any time, we'll come in your bedroom and look through things, check out things whenever we... Don't lock your room either, son. Daughter, don't lock your room because what we'll do, we'll, we'll knock down your door and put up another lock, have the key that you don't have a key to your own room because this is our house. Yes, we're daddy. We're mama. Don't, don't allow your kids to talk back to you. Train them. Listen, I'll tell my, my, my little, my little four-year-old, four-year-old, he's starting to get a little sassy sometimes. I said, don't talk to your mama like that. You're not your mama's daddy. You, you don't talk that way. To train your kids to, to, to respect authority. You're not going to run around and disrespect people. You got, well, you can't tell me what to do. Yes, I can. And you better learn early because your whole life people are going to tell you what to do. You get your boss, they're going to tell you what to do. 
You go to school, they're going to tell you what to do. There are laws. If you want to function in our society, you've got to obey certain laws. They're telling you what to do. And if you want to function as a, a citizen in the United States of America, people are going to tell you what to do. And we need to be the parent, and our kids need to be the kids. And if there's a mistake that I don't want to make as a parent, I want to love my kids in a very godly, affectionate love. But I do not want our kids running the house. There's a a third mistake that I want to avoid as a parent. First of all, forgetting that my children are a blessing. Number two, letting my children run the house. Number three, neglecting my children. Neglecting my children. And there are, are three major areas of neglect that I want us to just look at today. Three major areas of neglect. Number one is this, time neglect. Time neglect. You have to understand that so much of training our kids to be godly, so much of preparing our kids for life happens by having a strong relationship with them. Our kids need both quantity time and and quality time. Listen to what the scripture says. I taught from this scripture a couple of weeks ago in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 6. But, but let's revisit this portion of scripture just for a moment. The Bible says, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Parents, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. Notice how relationship-driven this is. When you sit at home, talk about them, but you have to be at home. You have to have a time that you actually sit down and communicate with with your kids. And, And when you walk along the road, and it's implying, but you have to have a relationship. You have to spend time walking along the road, sitting down on the floor talking, sitting across the dining room table talking. When you lie down at night, where you're home and you're before bedtime, you're there and spending time. When you get up, you're home. What the Bible is driving home is, listen, if you're going to train, your kids to be godly, it's going to happen through a strong relationship with them. And I just want to caution all of us as parents and, and future parents a couple of things. I want to encourage you, don't be a, a workaholic. And if there's a tendency that I struggle with, it's being a workaholic. And many of you have jobs like I have. I can take my work home with me. My job never stops. I don't have an eight to five and call it done. There's always things to be done. There's always needs to be met. Always thinking about the future. Uh, there's always something on my plate. And I can go home, I can fire up the laptop, and I can spend every single night, if I wanted to, working. And sometimes I have those urges to work and work and work and work. But I realize I have kids. I have a wife that God's entrusted to me. And I have to carve out time to spend with my family. And you have to do the same thing. And I want to encourage you as, as a parent don't be a workaholic. Don't fall into this trap because here's something that we all desire as parents. We all say this, I want my kids to have, to have it better than I had it. But what does that really mean? Oftentimes what parents think is, well, I want my kids to have nicer shoes, nicer clothes, nicer house, more stuff. But can I tell you what your kids need more than anything is they need you. They need your time. They need you to invest in their life. Here's the deal is, is, I can tell you growing up, and many of you would say the same thing, you know what, I can't tell you out of all the shoes my parents bought me, I can't tell you about most of them. I can't tell you about most of the clothes my mom bought me and my dad bought me. I remember we went to a lot of garage sales, amen, but I can't tell you a lot about it. But can I tell you what I do remember? I remember daddy and mama coming to my ball games. I remember daddy and mama coming to my activities. I remember us taking time out to go on family vacation. And spend the time together. I, I, I clearly remember 
Though I remember my daddy running down the sideline in Oklahoma when I broke out for a touchdown, and he ran the whole sideline with me, running down the field. Go, son! I- I'll never forget that. I remember that. I don't remember what all they bought me. I don't remember all that. And see, we think, well, I need to get another job. I need to get a second job and a third job because, man, I want my kid to have better. And I have it. More and more stuff, 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 stuff. More and more. You, listen, your kids won't remember half the stuff you buy. But they will remember the quality and the quality time that you spend investing in their lives. There's a, a second thing that I want to caution us as parents to do. Limit ECAs. If you have a pen, just write down ECAs. ECA. ECA. What's that stand for? Extracurricular activities. How many know in today's society, people are busy? I mean, parents are involved in this club and in this group and in this, in this event and, and then their kids. How many know today, kids, I mean, in just a, uh, in one season, not in the whole year, in one season, a kid will be involved in gymnastics, softball, baseball, swimming club. I mean, we, I mean hello? Say, I'm busy. We're just so busy. We're just ripping and running everywhere. We're just busy, busy, busy. No, limit your ECAs. What your kid needs and what you need is quality family time. And you can get so busy ripping and running, and yet it's not, being the, best, it's not the best thing for your family. And even now, what, the state of life that I'm in, I, I desire to do some more things. I would love to pick up some other hobbies. I would love maybe to one day golf. It would probably try my patience, but I'd love to try to pick it up, and I'd like to fish a little bit more. But, but i got young kids, and so it's not all about I've got to take time for my, my family. I only, have, I only got one shot to raise these kids. You know what I would love to do? I, I get a lot of opportunities to speak out, but I end up turning most of them down. I, you know what? I would, I would love to invest in more leaders. I get opportunities to go international and, and be able to speak out, but I turn 99% of those down because I can't be all across the country and all across the world speak. I got little kids. And there'll be a season that I'll be able to do that. There'll be a season I'll be able to invest in leaders. But that season is not now. Not when I got a four-year-old, a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and another one on the way. That's not the right season. And just ask Tiffany if it's the right season. Amen. Yeah, just ask her if it's the right season. It's not the right season. And all I'm saying, you got to listen, your kids, don't let them run the house. No, you find out, listen, hey, kid, in this season, you can pick one thing. Pick one thing and get involved. But you can't be in six seasons. We're not going to be running all across the world for you. Pick one thing. We want you to get involved. We want you to be in, in part of things, but we're not going to be a family that's driven by ECAs. We're going to be a family that spends time together, invests together, builds our life around God's Word. There's a, a, second, a second neglect that I want us to look at today. Number two is this communication neglect. Communication neglect. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 17, the, the very end of that verse says, Reliable communication permits progress. Reliable communication permits progress. Can I tell you, you have to communicate with your kids. Here's what I wish. If I could tell my mom and dad this, I would tell you this. If there's one thing I wish you would have done as a parent, is I wish you would have listened to me. My parents, especially my dad, was such an authoritarian you know what I wish? I wish they would just listen to me. Parents, you got teenagers, listen to your kids. You know what? I think if my dad would have listened to me, my mom would have listened to me, I would have set out some of the trouble I got in, having sex outside of marriage. And they would just listen to me. And listen, get into your kid's world. Talk to them. Listen, your kid, believe it or not, they have feelings, they got emotions, they got thoughts. Find out what they're thinking. Great communication as a parent is sometimes it's just listening about what your teenager's going through, about what they're thinking, what they're feeling. Learn to listen to them. If there's something else that, that I would encourage us parents to do is, 
is you got to communicate with your kids. Talk to your kids about sex. You know, I graduated high school, and my parents didn't tell me one thing about sex. But let me tell you something. I did learn a lot about it. Yeah. I hear parents say, well, my kid's not old enough. They're 16. They're not old enough to talk about sex. (laughs) They're talking about sex now in grade school. You better sit down and teach your kids about the birds, the bees, the flowers, and the trees. Teach your kids about dating. Talk to them about your parameters and your guidelines and your standards and when they can. You set the you you take don't let them run it. You take the lead and communicate about dating and, and things of that nature and come up with guidelines that you communicate and talk to them about. Listen, you, you talk to your kids about what they can wear and what's appropriate to wear. About what they can I mean we got a, a society that just put on anything, but talk to your kids about what they can wear. I, I hear girls say Pastor, I can't believe that man looks in my rear end. Like, even grown women say that. I can't believe they're looking in my rear end. Well, my friend, you got stuff written all across it. Adidas. <laughs> Reebok. Look at me. I mean, listen, if you're, going, uh, let's, you, you're a walking billboard, honey. Why are you wearing all that if you don't want them to look there? What are you doing? Talk to your kids about what they can wear. What's appropriate. We found out a week and a half ago that we're having another baby boy, so we're going to have three boys and one girl. I only got one girl. Uh, that girl may not wear a bathing suit until she's 26. Amen. I see these bathing suits nowadays. Lord, have, talk to your kids. Talk to your kids about money. You know what? True, true. I graduated high school and didn't know how to enter, a, uh, didn't know how to write a check, didn't know how to balance a checkbook, didn't know anything about it. Graduated high school, got in the real world. I wish my parents would have taught me about a money and, and, and a budget and how to write a check and about a savings account. I was ignorant. I got to college and the first thing I got was a credit card. Yeah, wish they would have sent me two of them. See, you got to talk to your kids. Communicate with them. There is a, a, a third area of neglect. Number three is this spiritual neglect. Spiritual neglect. Before it says children are a gift from God, in Psalms 127.3, I read that to you earlier, talking about the family and children are a blessing from God. They're a reward from God in Psalms 127.3. A couple of verses earlier, still dealing with the family. Psalms 127 and verse number 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Friends, we need God to build our family. We need God to be the center of our family. Unless God builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. Yes, mama. Yes, daddy. You're there. But listen, unless you're building your family and your kids on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ, the scripture says you are laboring in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house. Friends, our kids need, need to really understand the difference between church-going parents and Christ-following parents. And there is a difference. There are some th- people who do the church thing but don't do the God thing. There are some people who are awfully religious but they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know, it's very detrimental. It can be really detrimental to your kids. To, the, to, to do the church thing, but not to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's kind of like getting a flu shot. You know, when you go get a flu shot, you know what the doctor does? The doctor injects just a little bit of the flu virus. Just, just a little bit.
bit, tiny bit of the flu virus. And you know what that little bit of the flu virus does? It builds up immunity in your system so that you can fight off the flu virus. And I'm afraid that what happens to so many church-going parents is they give their kids just a little bit of God. Just, just a little bit. And their kids grow up and they get immune to the real thing because they see daddy and mama go to church on Sunday, live like the devil Monday through Saturday. They see their parents act one way at church and act another way at home. They see their parents talk one way at church and talk one way another way when they, when, when they get around their friends and they got just a little bit of God and the kids get immune to it because they say, why in the world should I follow God? It doesn't make any difference in your life. And they get immune to the real thing of being a follower of Jesus Christ. And parents, I want to remind you, in all the hustle, all the bustle, all the work, all the ECAs, listen, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Lord, thanks for your word. Thanks for your presence in this place. Father, I confess openly and freely I'm not an expert on parenting. I'm a fellow struggler.